0: Hello and welcome to French Football Weekly, the podcast. Uh, We are back and we are into the Euros. I know, dear listener, it feels like forever. Basically a year in the making, but we're here. Let's talk about it. And happily, we've got a nice result and a happy disposition to share with you all. And who am I going to be sharing this wonderful day with? Of course, Jess and Phil. Good evening to you both. Good evening. Hello. And indeed, it was a good evening, uh, which we will come straight on to, because really, let's be honest, it's the only subject we've got to cover the one game. So France versus Germany was, of course, the opening game. You mean
1: apart from the parachutist hitting the pitch? Uh, Yeah,
0: nearly taking Deschamps out in the process as well. Yeah, yeah, probably should mention him. Uh, a Greenpeace protest, I think he was. But uh, yes, the uh, the opening game was indeed last night at time of recording. France won Germany nil was the result. Uh, earlier in the day, we should mention that Portugal dispatched Hungary by three goals to nil. Uh, Ronaldo, coke bottles, water, penalties and all that. Uh, yeah,
2: I really, really want to put something out about Ronaldo just being a flat track bully in international football. But then, you know, he's going to score against France
0: if you and also if you do if you do put that out immediately delete your twitter straight afterwards because it will be a cesspool of of fanboys all over the place okay
2: all i'm saying is have a look at his wikipedia and see who he scored the goals against because you know two goals against an already beaten hungary and five goals against Liechtenstein and luxembourg wow what a player
1: yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Uh yeah, he's a fraud. I, we all know that. <laughs> I, I was kind of rooting for Hungary, despite the reason. We all were, to be honest. Um, and yeah, they just completely, uh, having been, you know, solid and obdurate and stubborn and all of those other words for eighty-four minutes, they were yeah. then taken apart in eight.
0: Yeah, that, that 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 was the. I think that's what sort of struck me most. Really, is they were. You know, they okay, they were they were not the best side, of course, they were under the cosh for Long Spells, but to get that far and then ship three, and it was always like if
1: Portugal score
0: one, that the floodgates will open and so it proves. So it's, a, slow, it's a bit slow.
1: like um Euro twenty sixteen. Obviously, my biggest uh experience there was going to Marseille to see England versus Russia getting tear gassed and nearly run over by a bunch of ultras but the other game i saw there was belgium versus hungary in toulouse mm. and that was a lovely atmosphere the place was full of portuguese people because they'd been assuming they were going to top the group but yeah i think what was it four nil to belgium in the end because as soon as hungary concede they concede mm. so i think that um Possibly something to look at for the next game for France, try to get the goal difference up, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, yes, yeah. yeah, we'll
0: probably preview that to to sort of um, to sort of finish off the pods. Um, but yeah, we, we will certainly come back to that. But let's talk about the the, the France game, um, Jess. I'll start with you in terms of the the lineup and the system. So. We we know what worked for France in the last World Cup, and uh, we knew that with Benzema coming back into this squad, we knew he was going to start, and we knew that the system would be slightly different. Uh, some were surprised that Rabia got the nod over Tolisso. I personally wasn't, and we knew that Pavar was, was coming in. Uh, sorry, Pavar. We knew that uh, Kimpembe sorry, was coming in to replace him TTS you know in relation to the last World Cup squad. Other than that, though kind of business as usual in, in terms of that lineup. So what was your kind of what was your thoughts on, on the system and the slight tactical shift
2: that we did see? Yeah, I mean in terms of lineup, I don't think there are any huge surprises. As you said, I think Rabio, the only sort of question mark that came up from the friendlies was because Tuliso performed very well and, and people have suddenly realized that Conte isn't just a sort of number six destroyer kind of thing. Could he come in and, and sort of free up Conte a bit? I think Rabiot deserved, has done enough in the last year or so since coming back to the France squad to to merit starting. Um, in terms of systems and setting up, I just I think people really overdo overdo it, especially with the the sort of fluidity of France's front six. Um, I'm not going to say it's as simple as just where people stand for the kickoff, but sometimes it feels like it's as simple as where people stand for the kickoff. Um, I think, in theory, it was supposed to be the same as it. it's been the last couple of matches, where when France are in possession, it's more of a sort of diamond with Conte sitting back a little bit, Griezmann at the at the tip, um, and uh, Mbappe and, and Benzema in front of him. And then out of possession, Mbappe and Griezmann sort of drop a little bit wider. Um <clears throat> so and so, in a way, it sort of becomes a four-three-three out of out of possession. But I think the way the match actually went, there was sort of fluidity. But in a way, the fluidity was actually in a, a sort of defensive sense. So you had Griezmann certainly for a lot of the second half, very deep and really fulfilling a, a mostly defensive brief. Um, Pogba, if anything, being the the more sort of forward-looking player. Uh, even Mbappe and Benzema coming back and doing their, their defensive shift as well. Um, and uh, it seems strange to say, because on the one side, I thought like there was a lot of movement. And on the other side, it was an extremely sort of t- tactically um, disciplined match by everyone. Um, I think that the understanding that the, the middle through I know it's sort of known that Pogba and Conte haven't yet lost the match together when playing together for France. But the understanding that the three of them are adding Rabio to the equation and obviously the fact that for whatever reasons, they haven't actually played that much. Even Conte and Pogba haven't played that much together recently. Um, <clears throat> the, the understanding that the three of them have got and the sort of not telepathy, but, you know, when, when one pushes forward, the other... What well, at least one of the others knows to to kind of sit back, it, it really bodes very well. I think um, the front three. I feel there is still an element of sometimes going a little bit, not stepping on each other's toes, but Benzema dropping very deep, Griezmann already sitting a little bit deep, Pogba pushing forwards. That there, there are times when the three, you feel that the three of them, for example, could end up. Kind of getting in each other's way, and you hope that the their the the sort of brilliance of their football skills and their one touch football get gets them out of those positions, and and maybe even more than that, gets their opponents out of position. Um, that's a, that's a slight concern still for me, but um, I, just, I just I was just really impressed with with the team effort and the the way that already so early in a tournament that the whole 11 or certainly the 10 outfield players seem to be functioning so well and working well with and off each other.
1: Yeah, I just, um, on that, I thought the diamond worked very well. Um, I was looking at some of the past maps, uh, between the posts is, on Twitter is great at this also their website. They described the first half as four vibes two, as the uh, as as the structure. And I was I have the word free jazz written down here. It really did look like everybody in the centre was, you know, working off each other, and which is wonderful. And then Mbappe is off the only person in a sense in the forward line. He was really really hammering it down that left hand side. So. I think it was very, very promising. I saw a lot of people um uh on Twitter saying, you know, imagine if they had Dembele on as well, somebody else fast, it would absolutely kill the German defence. I'm thinking there's something to having, uh, I know Benzema maybe wasn't brilliant, but um uh to having a slightly more devious and uh canny operator in there. To, uh, you know, in in a sense, screw people up in midfield as well was actually very useful. So I think that it all worked out well. One thing that I was kind of banging my head on the desk about again was the first substitution was on the 88th minute. You know, it's, it, it just feels like not sure can Deschamps take advantage of things look at what's happening and change it up improve the situation because it was getting a little bit fraught at the end with various things so i don't know it just i i would like this to be a slightly more your substitutes get 10 minutes not 2 minutes but that's pretty much all i've all i've got on that one but pogbert most progressive kind of passes in there uh, really shoring that up, and you know all of the the kind of movement around it was releasing Mbappe to release that relentless pace, and really um, kind of cause an awful lot of problems for for the defence. I uh, was speaking to my manager at work earlier today. He's German, so. That was an interesting meeting. According to him, the German press is saying France were much better at everything and everything is terrible. I get the impression they're a bit like the the English kind of coverage of the media. Everything is either brilliant or terrible, Uh, but they do seem to have really gone in with, oh, we were outplayed everywhere, which the stats kind of don't back up, which is one of those things where it's all very well to have the possession to have the shots if you don't do anything with them. Ask then, Spain about that. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: Cause if yeah. you look at Germany's pass map, I Goodbye, uh, people yeah. were people were talking about um uh, what was it, passes allowed before there's a defensive action and France and beaten all kinds of records for like letting germany screw themselves over basically because all they were doing was passing it laterally across defense and defensive midfield france just waited for them to put the ball wrong and then and then take it and that was a very interesting thing to see how i know the the attack is going to be uh, talked about i know benzema and mbappe were kind of marked down on the, the keep notes for not scoring but when you look at the rest of the team, that defence was pretty bloody organised, and that's a very nice thing to see. Yeah, yeah. Jez, I wanted to, because I did want to pick out
0: some individual performances, um, maybe we'll start at the back and work our way forwards. The, the, there's some sort of criticism of the fact that France have got two very functional uh, full backs. Some people argue that they're two centre backs playing at full back, which, you know, I, I can certainly see in Pavar. I think. Hernandez and is, is a little bit more expansive. Kimpembe, I mentioned on the off, has come in for, for MTT since the last World Cup. And Varane, I thought, was outstanding last night. Not just his fancy feet to get away from the German defender or German attackers and that particular highlight clip that's gone around the internet today. But just his, his leadership, his composure. He'd never seen rattled. Kimpembe, a little bit less so. But I think, we, I think when you play Kimpembe, you kind of know what you're going to get. It's all action. It's all hundred percent um heart on the sleeve and and go at them do you do you feel like that that back four is is going to be suitable enough to carry them deep into this tournament still like is there any was there any flaws or anything that you noticed in last night's game that gives you cause for concern
2: i think nothing nothing that we haven't seen before um i think um Pava and Hernandez. I, I just I really like them. I like their fighting spirit. I like the fact that they um, they can sort of bring something to the attack as well. I still feel like Pava maybe sometimes isn't hundred percent sure sort of when to join the attack and how much to join the attack. And his crossing could still be better as well. Hernandez, I thought that was his best. I mean, it's not his fault because he's been injured a lot of the time. But I thought that yesterday was his best France game for quite a while, actually. Um, so I'm pleased with them. I, I, I'm i surprised that Hernandez and Kimmich both made it to the end of the match because they seemed intent on um, injuring each other. <laughs> and I thought... And then in the centre, I mean... Varan we'll come to Pogba, but Varan is one of those players who whose club form has not been has not hit the heights of his international form. But remember he didn't play in 2016 and was devastated about it because he got injured just before. So I'm not saying he's got something to prove, but he probably is like particularly motivated to to have a good tournament and help France to have a good tournament. And again, maybe arguably his best match for quite a while for France, which is not to say that he's been playing badly for them, but I just, I thought he was immense yesterday. And Kimpembe, I I kind of feel the same. I feel like, I mean, you might disagree because you saw a lot more of him than I did, but this was always my issue with Saul Campbell, that he could be brilliant for 99% of a match, but whenever I saw him without fail, he would do at least one really stupid thing per match. And it may or may not have led to a goal. Um, I I feel like Kimpembe is still that kind of player. Um, you know, at one point, I thought he he got away with quite a nasty foul. Actually, I don't think they even was even given as a free kick when I th- I thought it was probably booking worthy. And up. there is yeah. there is <laughs> an element of that with him. For the most part, I thought he was superb yesterday, um, but I worry that that that's where if France are going to concede goals, that that's where they could sort of come from. I think um, I think
0: that. The small thing. Sorry to interrupt. The, the small thing I find with Kimpenbe that slightly worries me is, you know, you know when somebody says somebody's a brilliant defender because all that their highlight reel often consists of is goal saving challenges, like you know r- racing across at high speed and and flying across the pitch. That Kimpenbe tackle against Lille, of course, comes to mind. That's my only slight worry about Kim Pembe. I I genuinely think as an athlete and as a build and his style of play, he's got everything you need in a modern defender. You know, he's quick, he's strong, he's good in the air, he's, he's committed, he's got some leadership elements good in the opposition box. But he's just one of those players that I sort of worry about how many tackles he makes as a result of bad positioning in the first place, if you know what I mean. As and opposed
1: to Varane at his best.
2: There's a goalkeeper. I can't remember which goalkeeper. It might even be Mondondo, actually. I can't remember. Whoever it is, a goalkeeper who I always thought, he's amazing at double saves. It's amazing how often he comes up with his brilliant double saves. And then my next thought is always, course if the first save had been better
0: (laughs) yeah to to actually behind the goal rather than back into play or whatnot yeah as I say you know we're talking about the world champions and favorites for this tournament you know we're picking very small holes in you know in a very large surface space so it's as I say I genuinely like the guy and, and I do think there's there is a lot of potential there and I think overall he's probably an upgrade on MTT overall but yeah there's just that yeah, I, I don't know what I I, I really like him, TT. I just I it's something about Kimpembe's athleticism that I just think makes him that little bit better. But um,
1: I think they're a they're a good combination. Yeah,
0: they they like and yang. Kimpembe
1: got into the UNFP Team of the Year next to Marquinhos. Mm. You need that balance of in a sense, the more measured and the more mobile, maybe. Mm. But if I can pick a slightly larger hole, um, it was when Pavar went down on around 60 minutes Mm. and looked to have been knocked out. And loads of people are saying, why is he continuing? Why is he not being taken off? And I looked at the bench, and I admit I haven't paid that much attention to the, you know, the the finer points of the selection, but I couldn't see another right-back.
2: Kunde okay. plays as right-back and he well, was...
1: Uh, I, an somebody point. said that to me, so I looked him up on Transfermarkt and they say he's only played centre-back for Sevilla. I mean, if they play three at played, the back, five at the back, whatever, then fair enough. But... He
2: played a half for France last week at full-back and was really good.
0: Yeah, he, he's one of those fallbacks that. Um... That was
2: his
1: debut, wasn't it? So.
2: Yeah, yeah,
0: for for
1: maybe, he... maybe it was felt that would be too big a test to uh, to try out, but maybe we'll see him in the next match. Uh, it, give a bit of a rest.
2: So wasn't put on the bench, no. so Deschamps sure, was happy yeah. enough that kunde could have done the job there.
0: Almost, al- almost the reverse hernandez Pavar in that you know, Pavar and he could play at centre-back, so could Hernandez. And yet yeah, you've got Kunda, who's a centre-back who could play at full-back. So yeah, it's kind of a, a little bit of adaptability, I guess, in there. Um, but yeah, I, I and the as for the concussion protocols, I mean, you know, we, yeah. if we get time, we may touch on, on one of the other incidents in this tournament uh, a little bit later on. But yeah, it, it was a bit of a strange one. If there's any risk, just take him off. But um, we did touch on the midfield there and, and, I think, I don't want to go through every individual player in the team because we would be here forever, but I do want to shine the spotlight on Paul Pogba because he, he is a player that divides opinion. And I think it's fair to say that people who love him, love him. People who hate him, hate him. Uh, I'm sure if Graham Soonis is listening to this, he might be scowling at the radio. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, what I can't get my head around with Paul Pogba is when he puts on a front shirt, he usually looks exceptional. Uh, and he reserves his best performances. Puts on a Man Night shirt, and it all goes, you know, just wonky. And I think that just shows that he's just a very, a very proud French player. He, he's a guy who just loves playing for, you know, for for the national team. When you see him perform like he did last night, sure, there was a couple of incidents where maybe the confidence strayed into arrogance, where he was sort of holding onto the ball that little bit longer, but his passing range. And of course we saw the goal come as a result of a, a
1: wonderfully crafted outside. Yeah, and it's pass. it's what do they call it? a pre-assist.
0: Yes. You know, the, the Hummels' yeah, the own goal leads. was,
1: yeah. it was a Pogba pass to Lucas Hernandez who crossed it in. Yeah. And, and forced was, the error. That pass was beautiful. And then when Oof. you look at uh, in the second half where Olivier Giroud was clearly in the VAR truck. Um, It was a Pogba (laughs) pass to Mbappé that led to the Benzema goal that was uh, ruled out for offside. Yeah. (laughs) He was was being so precise, so penetrating with those passes. I think that was yeah uh, a wonderful, wonderful performance, and hopefully uh, that's going to continue
0: so yeah great right to watch oh god yeah that, that that's the thing no, for me jazz. like in, i don't know what your thoughts were on his performance but it's just he just for me he makes watching football fun um and he and he just seems to be okay yeah as i said he does try some things that you look at and you go hmm maybe a five-yard pass is better there but when he's on his <laughs> game there's very few better is there in, in that particular role and in this particular front setup.
2: I think what Phil said earlier about people saying, "Oh, imagine if you added Dembele into the team, I think there's a lot of idiots around who quite rightly um, as neutrals would say, well, why, why don't France just play their 10 best defensive players? Yeah. Well done. Right. That would be great for you to watch, but it's not going to win France any matches. Yeah. Um, so... I. I understand neutral's frustrations with the way France play, but it works. So why should they change it? Um, but the kind of opposite to that is is the, the fact that in that team is a Pogba who can be frustrating if you support the team because like you said sometimes he keeps the ball too long sometimes he makes the wrong decision but at other times when he's on the top of his game he's just absolutely superb and a joy to watch for neutrals for France fans for everyone and I know Man United fans have their issues with him there's a brilliant um, David Squires panel that I've got somewhere of um, you know Man United is wondering why Paul Pogba doesn't put on the same performances for, for United as he does for France and it's basically exactly the same picture twice except that um, where in one of them Pogba's being challenged by an opponent in the other one Conte is between Pogba yeah. and the opponent I think that explains a lot but that's not to take anything away from Pogba who actually I think near the end of the season has been very good for Man United. I think Man United maybe expect a little bit too much from him because because he can do everything well, mm. they expect him to do everything. But you can't do everything at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so when you've got the balance of, of Conte sitting back if, if need be and the support of Rabiot um, and Griezmann and, and Benzema dropping back as well, then then it makes Pogba's life a lot easier. And I think he does find sometimes he finds football a little bit too easy in a way. And as we've seen before, certainly before the World Cup, because of that, the problem was that I think he often tried to overcomplicate things. He is at his best when he does things simply, or at least they look simple because it makes them look simple. But you know the the what i mean is you know these stunning passes are not simple at all but there's no nonsense there's no trying to skip around three players first like he used to do before the world cup it's you know head up find that pass know you can make that pass and 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 execute it that kind of thing um and yesterday i mean i i was kind of only semi-tongue-in-cheek when I said it was one of the best individual performances I've ever seen. I just thought he was absolutely fantastic. There was a sort of 15-20 minute period in the second half where he went a little bit quiet but I just I thought he was just immense Um, and although I said he can't do everything at once he almost did yesterday because he was fantastic defensively. He broke lines. His passing was superb. He actually should have scored quite early on as well. He really did do a bit of everything. And I think, although for me, Varan and Griezmann, as I said before, were the players of the 2018 World Cup, I think Pogba set the most important tone because leading into the World Cup, he wasn't great. He was sort of he'd fallen out with the media and was refusing to do press conferences. And it was around the time that he just did a couple of press conferences and was just an an absolute star, you know, smiling, joking, oozing confidence that I think it was sort of around then that a lot of people thought something's happening here. The group's really happy. They're unified. He started simplifying his game and was, and was fantastic. And, um, you just need to, especially people like Sunus and Allardyce who think he's not a team player, just go on YouTube and look at his team talks before the semi-final and before the final. Um, Just fantastic. And I think he's, he's maybe continued that. And yes, he's had his issues in between in club football and I think some of it is his fault and some of it isn't. But as you said, back in the France squad, he seems sort of happy and settled. He's got his mate Griezmann back with him. Um, and you know, if he can maintain that for the for the next three four weeks, whatever it is, then France in a in a good place.
1: Yeah. Can we just on a slightly more? I don't want to bring the tone down after that wonderful um, elegy from jazz, but Rudiger biting him
0: yeah.
1: were weird, right? Very weird. That was extremely strange. Mm. Um, I cool. don't uh, think I've ever been tempted
0: to bite anyone on a football pitch in my life. <laughs> just never. I mean, it just... It off,
1: off
2: the pitch, you want to bite people at the
0: time. Oh, yeah, off the pitch, Saturday night, is is pretty much what I do regularly. It's but just, on the pitch, no. It seems like a
1: weird impulse. Aren't yeah,
0: it? it was almost because like of, t- yeah. like physical Tourette's. Like <laughs> just just seemed like, oh, I've just got to do this. I, I, but like, do like, professionals to, are weird, it's though. It's
1: a little bit shorter than Pogba and he was mm. biting so he was kind of biting the back of his shoulder blade I'm like at least go for the neck you know like
0: it's buffy or
1: something. Professionals uh, are,
0: are kind of weird though aren't they? they they just look for any small advantage I mean you've seen so many like you know groping of the nuts at corners
1: or finger in the ear oh, or you know. After the bite there was a what you, you might call a grope if you have a, 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 a a woman football player. Oh,
0: the the nipple oh, tweet. He
1: he, he, mm-hmm. he went for his he went for his ladies as well. It was mm. very strange.
2: Yeah, it was well, Togba. There's a lot of players who'd have gone down as well. Yeah, yeah, true. I did thought I thought it was weird how the commentary in the UK of, said
1: kind of more confused and affronted than anything. Yeah. Else. I think is is a reasonable reaction to being bitten on the shoulder blade and and somebody sticking his hands in you.
0: Yeah. Bits, yeah. It was quite. It was quite actually quite weird that Ian Wright, I think of all people, responded and said, "Oh, it's not like Pop was really reacted to it." And I was like, "Well, he did react to it. It's just that it was in an instant replay, very slowed down. So he wasn't, you know, he did he did react to it, just not instantly when you're watching a slow slow mo replay." But and you wonder if there might be some retrospective action on that um, <laughs> highlight of um, one, one of the.
2: What was strange about the match was. In a way, if you take away the tension and the rivalry between teams in the first match of the, um, you know, their first match of of the tournament and arguably the biggest match off the first sort of match day of the group stage, blah, 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 it was one team dominating possession but doing very little with it and Mm -hmm. statistically one shot each. It sounds like it was very uneventful, but France. (laughs) Could yeah. or should have I, scored like three or four goals in the second half, and also Germany could, on another day, have been down to seven or eight men. Mm,
0: that was a few questionable decisions on there. Yeah, was it Kimmich think,
2: got away with with two after he'd been booked? Well, I think was the way really booked. was really I it was harsh. I thought it was a harsh booking, but yeah, he having been booked, he yeah, kicked Hernandez in the face and yeah. the free kick. Against him, so it was strange he wasn't booked for that. There was think, only one booking in the match, and that was Kimmich. Yeah. I don't think I don't know how Goosens wasn't sent off for what oh, he did to play. God, yes,
1: Yeah,
2: um, yeah. You know, Hummels could easily, easily give you know, had that penalty given against him, and if he does, then surely it's stopping the gospel community. And Rudiger could have been sent off for the bite.
1: Yeah. So was it Goosens who, when um, Mbappe was taken down on 77 minutes and it was no pen, was that? Was that no, who, that was Hamels, yeah. Hamels, yeah. right. And I wonder um, about how does
0: VAR work in this tournament in terms of like, like the Rudiger incident? I guess they can't. I guess they can't bring it to the referee's attention unless it's happened at the time. I guess, I, I don't know.
2: Well, I thought at the time on French commentary they said that the referee did delay the game. So I don't know yeah. if he was reviewing
0: it. Yeah. Whether that wasn't you know whether the evidence
1: wasn't strong enough or I mean I, yeah, it was a weird one. Really, really weird one that. But um, I also yeah. have a question. Mm. Did Gnabry miss on what fifty three minutes? Mm. That was the big chance, wasn't it? Yeah.
0: Yeah, and and, he, and on another day, you know, a better—well, I said better strike. I mean, he's not been in the best form recently, but an informed centre-forward, particularly like a, a Ronaldo-shaped forward, is going to put that away if, if France are playing Portugal. So, yeah, I, I think that's Ronaldo
2: necessarily when it was still mattered
0: yesterday. Yeah, but you just know he's going to score it if it's against France, don't you? <laughs> you just know it. Don't jinx it, Jess. Um I do want to talk about the front three as well um because the very sort of different performances Griezmann's work rate was just a pleasure to watch like mm-hmm. the guy just bleeds France and I and I just love him for it and the um the the combination play between Mbappe and Benzema yeah sure it's not you know it's not fine and, re- and refined yet it's still in work in progress but we got a glimpse of it with the Benzema offside goal we got a glimpse of just how good Mbappe is uh, in a one-on-one skill situation with his disallowed goal, and the one that really made me sit up and go "Wow" was that moment when he absolutely basically ended Hummel's career with that, <laughs> where he just sprint. I mean, he, he gave Hummel's what? You mentioned
1: my manager earlier. Yeah, he's still getting over that. My
0: God, that I just. I mean, we know he's quick. Don't get me wrong, but just the the ground he ate up to sprint past Hummels, and I fully expected Man United to come out and and go full Schumacher because usually that's where Neuer turns up, you know, outside of the box where he shouldn't be flailing limbs. But yeah, I mean, that pace was just terrifying. And is there, uh, I'll ask you both on this one, is is this, this essentially where France look at it and go, they back themselves so much defensively uh, and they're so good defensively that they can afford to just sit there and go, don't worry, at least once a game, maybe twice, maybe three times, we're going to release Kylian through the middle. And if he doesn't get you, one of the other two will. Mm. Yeah, I'd,
1: I'd, I'd, say, I'd say that, and that's where the, you know, passes allowed per defensive action kind of comes in. It's not surprising that France let, Germany passed themselves to death around the back of defence and defensive midfield, because as soon as they came forward, they they were they were cut off. And every time that Mbappe ran forward, and that was a lot, you could feel the panic. And I think that is uh, an awesome weapon to have in your arsenal. To to make sure that they will never feel comfortable doing that because they know at any moment someone's going to zip past them and then they're in all sorts of trouble.
0: Yeah, and, and does it does it create a problem? Do you think, Jos, in terms of that forward line? Because when you because the thing is, like, I almost get the feeling that some club or well, some teams, not clubs, some countries that play France are almost going to look at the the front three and think, yeah. well, Griezmann's yeah. probably the The least worrisome to mark, and yet, you know, he's clearly not like he's very capable on his own. So you've got essentially three elite centre forwards all working hard. I I actually saw Mbappe chase last night, which is something we certainly don't see for for PSG on a regular basis. So is is it just a case of that that France are going to overwhelm teams eventually with this front three, where teams just don't know which one of the three to pick up?
2: Well, in theory, yes, but I mean, firstly, as we said before, in 2002, that's what everyone said in France didn't score a goal. And yesterday, with those three players on the pitch, the fact is none of them scored mm. and only one of them had a shot on target if you take away the offside. So, in yeah, that should be the case. And don't forget that there's three to five, depending on how you count them, very good offensive players on the bench as well. Um but they do need to click griezmann you know is going to, as you said give give 100% all the time but he's not and he is actually the one that, that people should be marking in the sense that he's the one that everything goes through um but he's not necessarily going to be the guy i know he's got a very good recent record but he's not necessarily going to be the the sort of top scorer of this tournament even though he I think you know, four years ago, was five years ago. He was a slightly different kind of player. Um, Benzema, weirdly, I still feel like he's kind of playing a little bit within himself and still yeah. looking a bit nervous since his return. And Mbappe is Mbappe. I mean, I just, I, I, I do genuinely think he's problematic. Um, I, I, I think the whole thing with Giroud. Even though it was blown out of proportion, I think Mbappe was completely out of order all the way through on that. I think, every firstly, from the fact that Giroud, even though he wasn't necessarily talking about Mbappe, could back it up with the stats. Um, secondly, I don't think Mbappe should have made it public. He shouldn't have thrown this strop. He shouldn't, when he did finally appear in the press conference, shouldn't have brought it up again. He certainly shouldn't have brought up the thing about um who should be taking penalties. I do think there's issues there. And yesterday, yesterday's match was bizarre because he he set up Benzema for that offside goal, though, as we said, it was again all Pogba's work really. Um he set up Rabiot for the shot that hit the post and he had that shot that was that went in that was that was also given offside. But for a lot of the time, again, I thought he was spectacularly selfish and made terrible decisions. But he's Mbappe. And if you make nine horrific decisions and score a great goal, then you've done your job, I guess. Mm. But I'm, I'm still not 100% comfortable with his attitude at the moment.
1: You know, I yeah, I think um, he, he said, I read the um, bit from his press conference about what Giroud said. Mbappe said I, he wasn't annoyed by what Giroud said but that he said it publicly but then
2: but he, he said also didn't publicly but yeah but also he didn't say Mbappe so B- if Mbappe kept his mouth shut and kept his toys in the pram Everyone would him. have I mean, the real person that was completely out of order was the journalist who asked yeah. the question of the guy who'd been unceremoniously dropped, came on and scored two goals and asked him, Well, it was another great game, well, did you?
0: We know why that is though, don't we? Because everybody is out to get this this France team because they're just desperate for it. I mean, look at the English media, they're you know, salivating I, over. I
2: have to say, players, I mean you know? I think. Benzema's attitude since he's come back has been great. He's shown some really good stuff as well as the nervousness. But I was watching it yesterday with French commentary and there was a point where I thought Benzema could take a crap on Conte's head here and people would still think <laughs> the best thing they've ever seen on a football pitch.
0: Mm. Yeah, yeah. And and it was almost disappointing that the emotion wasn't allowed to continue you know, pouring out from his... Offside goal because that, that was a fabulous moment, you know. Just uh, yeah, the tweet was ready and loaded, and I you had to delete just, it, which was frustrating. Do you just but, get
1: the impression that's going to make him even more determined?
0: Oh yeah, I mean he's getting. And a goal, I isn't he? like
1: the idea of a determined Benzema.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think I think we can all get on board with that. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Yeah, I, th- I think I think summing up then, um, I think we can all sort of agree that the result was most important. We got the result. Um, you know, it's a win. End of story. Move forwards. Was it the world's greatest performance? Probably not. Does anyone care if they go on and win the tournament or, you know, at very least win the group? No, does care, are they? And ultimately, I'd, I'd Germany like are now see,
2: back for. I would like to see France sort of cut loose because I think they can. Oh, but yeah. at the same time, you don't, they don't if they don't need to. Certainly for yesterday, first match of a group against. Sort of historic rivals on paper, an extremely difficult match. Yeah. You do what you just make sure you just get really the job done.
1: Yeah, that's yeah. Um, that's the thing. This was like people saying, "Well, this sh- should be a semi-final or a final," and mm. it's the first group game. So, yeah, that's that's extremely important. Yeah,
0: yeah, agreed, agreed. Just looking ahead to the game against Hungary, which comes up. Oh, I've closed my tab. That was clever. Saturday Saturday today. Thank you, Saturday. Uh, so, That's my
1: deeply, deeply dull sofa um, <laughs> uh, that I mentioned last time, a uh, thing, a wall chart up on my wall. It's held so... together with Salatay.
0: Good, good, good job you did, because I've I'd, I'd managed to close my tab. Do, do we all expect France to win that game? I mean, I, I never like to take anything for granted, but you sort of feel like... If they win, yes, basically but I would
1: through. also expect possibly somebody to be injured. Okay. Any reason behind that, or just a hunch? Just a hunch based on the uh, defensive proclivities of Hungary.
0: Okay.
1: Okay. We shall see. Just,
0: you be fairly confident that, that a win is is uh, achievable is probably the wrong way of putting it. But do, do you, are you confident
2: that that the win will come? Yeah, on on paper, it's an easier match. Hungary and obviously not as strong as Germany and have two or three of their best players out injured so mm. it, yeah France should definitely be going into it expecting to win but if they assume that they've won before even going on the pitch and mm, they can't yeah was I mean as, as we said, Hungary still gave Portugal a, a really tough match yesterday.
0: Yeah, I can't take anything for granted against basically anyone in this tournament, um, and certainly with the results we've seen. I think Wales have beaten Turkey today. Turkey were a lot of people's outsiders, where they're basically out now. And um, we've seen Slovakia beat Poland. Um, we saw the um, uh, the Ukraine game where they came back from from dead and buried. There's a couple of teams that you know you just can't be sure on on what's occurring. Before we uh, do wrap up this week, I did just want to just get your brief thoughts on what we witnessed in in the the Denmark Finland game, just purely because I feel like it's something that needs to be discussed briefly. And that of course, being the the Christian Eriksen incident, I just finished doing a pod, another pod that I host and we discussed it on there. And, and I was saying that at the time I didn't even realize what happened because I was, it was one of those games that was on, but I was doing stuff. It's kind of one of those situations. And, uh, when they when I sort of had the commentary, oh, you know, players down. He's been down for a while. My sort of first instinct was it was a bad tackle or something like that because I didn't see. So I, I I rewound the the live stream, um, and just sort of seeing Christian Eriksen collapse to the floor was bad enough. But then by the time I then uh, caught my video stream back up to the live stream, um, I was witnessing a you know a professional footballer, but more importantly than that, a human being being resuscitated on live tv and that didn't sit well with me I just wondered what both of you kind of thought I mean obviously it's great news that he is touch wood in recovery but basically this guy was was dead and that's what the the coach said he was gone and we were all sat there watching it and I just think the the fallout from this the the way UEFA handled it You know, there's a bigger thing here, isn't there, in terms of footballers' well-being, sports people's well-being, human beings' well-being?
1: The the issue is obviously that it's a single feed, but Mm. individual broadcasters in different countries have a decision when to move away from that feed and Mm. go back to the studio. Now, I didn't actually see this. I was like you, it was on the TV. I was on the computer. I did some laundry and I missed seeing all of it until French TV went back to the studio. And I'm very grateful for that because as you say, we do not need to see this Mm. and it can be very upsetting. Obviously it's most upsetting for him or his family. I mean, God, when they had the camera on his wife, I wanted to... Oh, that
0: was was another
1: level. On his teammates, and Simon Kier. it sounds like he was an absolute hero there. Mm. But I think anybody watching something like that can be affected. And I was listening to the Football Ramble after it happened, and they were talking about it, and it's really really well covered but there was something that jim campbell said that stuck with me which was people now are worrying about their reaction to seeing this they're worrying about doing feeling wrong because Mm. you can feel very impacted even if you don't know this guy even if you don't support his team you don't you aren't danish whatever you can still be very, very much affected by seeing something that serious. And I think it is that is perfectly valid. And it is okay to be up, upset, to be affected. And the idea that we all worry about doing, feeling wrong in inverted commas is something that, for example, my therapist talks about a lot. Mm. you know you say oh I shouldn't feel like this there is no should with feelings feelings just are yeah what you do with them and do about them that you have a decision about but what you feel is what you feel and that is perfectly fine so particularly the idea that you know I don't have kids but I have many friends with small children, and I swear to God what would uh, what I would have done, what I would have had to think or, or explain if a six or seven year old saw that. Yeah that is something that really should I don't want to be you know, think of the children. no, seriously, think of them. Because as adults, we can we're still going to be affected. As a kid, yeah. So I think everything the Danish team did was brilliant. Obviously, the medical team was brilliant. The Finnish fans, afterwards, when they were, you know, doing the call and response with the name, but it sounds like the decision that the Danish team were offered was no fucking decision at all. Oh no,
0: no, absolutely not. Um, and Jez, what was your, you know, I know, I know you, I think you think about the game very similar way that, that I do in the main, did it sort of impact you in any way? It, it, was it sort of hard for you to take in?
2: I think that there's two things. I think the, the the issue about whether the game should have been finished an hour later or whatever, was... I don't know the ins and outs, but it sounds like, as usual, UEFA haven't covered themselves in glory.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, that's that's the one issue in terms of the the fact that it was shown. I mean, I I also didn't see it live. Um, I sort of turned it off just before it happened, and when I came back, I actually saw my phone first what had happened, and then decided I didn't even want to have the TV on. But yeah. um, I'll to be completely honest, and sort of following on from what. Phil said and to be slightly controversial to be honest I mean in terms of the the sort of decision to keep showing it I think I think it's a difficult decision it's kind of not something you expect to happen as as a director and you make those decisions on the spur of the moment and and um, it's harsh I think to 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 judge too harshly um Mm. that that decision that was made i mean cutting to the wife for example i think is disgraceful but i i don't you know showing you need to show something i guess the bit that annoyed me
1: streaker they cut Mm. the feed that's the way right Mm. when there's a guy with his dick out all of a sudden we have no problem
2: the thing that uh, gets I
1: think that is something that really has been irking me since it happened.
0: Yeah, go on, Jess.
2: Yeah, the the bit that maybe is controversial is, you know, I thought this was sort of Twitter coming into its worst and we're and <laughs> kind of following on from from stuff Phil said and about parents and children watching, you know what? Turn the fucking TV off. Right? <laughs> yeah, You're all there. Like, it's disgusting. I'm still watching. I'm still watching and it's terrible yeah. they're still showing it. Stop fucking watching it then.
0: Yeah. I'm filming it on my phone. I'm sharing it with my friends and yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, 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 I just, the main thing I took from it, I mean, obviously everything you, you've both said, you know, articulately is, is spot on. The thing that I took from it or the thing that made me sort of, think afterwards was we have to think about the the level of pressure that that is being put on these players. I mean, you know, this isn't the first, it won't be the last. The fact that I was discussing my other pod, the fact that in in my lifetime, I've seen three players drop, you know, drop of, of a heart condition on the pitch, Mark Vivian, Foway, Fabrice Mwamba and and now Christian Eriksen, all fit professionals, you know, all at the peak of their powers. And that's not to mention the many hundreds maybe thousands that happen at at the grassroots level you know at at semi-professional level in countries where there isn't tv coverage yeah it's happening too much and the, the 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 amount that these professional athletes are being put through it's all right criticizing them for how much money they make they don't choose their salaries they don't choose their commercial you know image rights and all these things that people criticize them for they they do a job and that is it, and and as you said, Jazz and Phil, you both said, these people have got families, they've got livelihoods, they've got, you know, everything to live for, and and I just felt that it's all about money, isn't it, the modern game, and that's the sad part. There has to be human element here, where you know they look at, at they've got all the tests, they can see who's fit and healthy and who isn't, but what they can't prepare for is just the body going, nope, I can't do this anymore.
2: But that's the thing I feel like the money thing impinges on um, you know w- whether the game is still played an mm. hour or so later but i don't I don't want to sound sort of completely cold and, and unfeeling but you said you've seen it happen to three players but how many thousands of matches have you have you watched oh
0: it's, yeah yeah yeah
2: there is no I, sure. you know, I, th- I think. You have to assume, certainly at the highest level now, and it's probably better than it's ever been. Even if they're probably playing more matches than they've ever played, that they are getting the right kind of tests. And these things, I think, are freakish incidents. You'd hope they're freakish incidents. Yeah,
0: I certainly hope so. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I think, I think maybe the point I uh, maybe I didn't make it particularly well, but I guess my point being is that we've had three, and I feel like it's only going to get more. If we keep pushing these players and, and in a year where, I mean, I think I said it last year when this pandemic hit, I said like the Euros shouldn't happen. And don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm glad we've got football on TVs, and I really hope France win it, etc. And so on all the caveats, but I still don't think this year should have happened in based upon the season we've had. But, you know, we're here. And we're doing it. So um, we'll continue to cover it, of course. But yeah, uh, I say apologies. It's not really sort of French related, but I felt like it was something we needed to just address and, and discuss uh, just to share our um, our thoughts. So thank you both for that. Um that's it then for our review of the first game of uh, France's hopefully triumphant euros hopefully we can but hope we will be back after the next game um as we said earlier on Saturdays against Hungary we probably won't pod over the weekend because you know we've got lives and stuff dear listen to. I know you all find that hard to believe but we do so we will we'll more than likely be back uh kind of a couple of days afterwards uh next week I think Monday? the plan is I was gonna say I think possibly. the plan is to do a Monday pod so yeah possibly Monday assuming we can make everything fit I'm sure we can And uh, we'll look back, hopefully, at another France win. Um, As usual, if you have got any feedback or anything you want to bring up, uh, anything you want to let us know, then please do drop us uh, a tweet and we will do our best to get to that. Um, But until then, uh, it just remains to be to thank both Phil and Jez. I think we're all in agreement when we say hopefully we uh, can get a win against Hungary on Saturday. So thank you very, very much for both your time. Thank you. And uh, until we return for our next podcast, uh, obviously keep it blue and we will speak to you very soon. Enjoy your French national football.